Support for Sponsor Talk and the following message come from Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Sponsor Talk podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing and discover the various ways in how brands interact with properties in sports, arts, film, music, you name it. I'm today's co-host, Avish Sood, and if you ever need to reach me, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at Avish Sood or on LinkedIn. For this episode, we're hosting a conversation with two events and operations leaders that are putting on the Super Bowl, arguably the largest sporting event in the world. Nikki Ewell is the Director of Events at the NFL, and Tony Diaz is the Vice President of Operations for the Tampa Bay Super Bowl Organizing Committee. And we're lucky to have them give us an inside look at their role so close to game day and the challenges they're facing, as well as the opportunities about planning for an event like this in this market. Hope you enjoy the conversation and learn something new. Nikki and, and Tony, welcome. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having us. So pleasure to have you both. Uh, you know, it's easiest way to do this as, as the introduction is to kind of have you both introduce yourselves and, and tell us a little bit about your role. Uh, so I'm uh, the director of events um, for our events team here at the league office, and I oversee all of our fan-facing activations. So all the fan fests that we produce, of course, Super Bowl experience presented by Lowe's, the draft experience, the combine, kickoff. Um, and I also uh, oversee the exterior stadium campus at Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, Wrong? my job description is not quite as uh, as fun as Nikki's, but <laughs> uh, I serve as the uh, the VP of operations for the Tampa Bay Super Bowl LB host committee. So primary responsibilities are to uh, to help oversee and, and be a liaison for all things transportation, football operations, parking, and other logistic components to uh, the Super Bowl. I also uh, work very closely with our friends at the Tampa Sports Authority who manage and operate Raymond James Stadium. Uh, we obviously work very closely with Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that realm as well. And then uh, working alongside our community ambassador program, uh, we have a director by the name of Lisa Urban who kind of heads that up for us, but kind of working with her on all the logistic components of having over eight, eight, nearly 8,000 community ambassadors, uh, volunteers as part of the Super Bowl experience. So. so listen, I know how busy these next few weeks are going to be for the both of you. So firstly and, and foremost, like appreciate you both taking the time um, for this panel. I'm sure there's a lot we can learn, um, you know, I think I kind of want to talk a little bit about how things have changed. You know, we talked about it in the last panel, but in general, with less fans, a little bit less hospitality than previous years, you know, what looks different for you as you plan the next couple of weeks and, and how you've planned for the last year? Nikki, if you want to start with you, actually. Sure, I can start. Um, so obviously not a surprise, everything that we're um, focusing on is now about health and safety. So safety for us was never and never a negotiable. It was always a non-negotiable that we would have um, safety as our primary concern, whether that's somebody operating a forklift, whether that's fans coming to an event, ma making sure that they have clear bag policy, all of the things that make up our events, security is our number one concern. But this year, obviously, 
COVID mitigation has taken over. And I think for us, um, from, from the league side, we're excited and poised and ready to roll out the Super Bowl experience. We know that there hasn't been a, a traditional fan fest um, during COVID. This is the first thing that um, has sort of hit the books um, in 10 months, probably. Um, but we know that we have the policies in place. We have the personnel um, that we're poised to, to execute in a very successful way. So I, I think some people are surprised that we're still um, producing this event um, in Florida. And we just know that we have the, the health and safety protocols in place that can make it be a success, a success for our partners, a success for our fans, for the city of Tampa, for the Buccaneers who've had an amazing season. Um, and we know that we can execute it. So health and safety is non-negotiable. I think from you know the event landscape perspective, there are gonna be less events. There's a lot of events that we had to table and postpone until Los Angeles at Super Bowl 56. So a lot of things have gone virtual, just like everything else. Um, but in terms of on-site, Super Bowl experience is happening. We have great partners in the host committee. Um, we're actually merging the two event properties that we had before, which were Super Bowl experience and Super Bowl live. Um, we've merged them into one overarching free event, which is brand new this year to Tampa. Um, and you know, we our goal was always to um, sort of eliminate the clutter in the marketplace for what event is what, and also to maximize capacity. And so, even though capacity, is, you know, of course, is one of our concerns when it talk when we talk about social distancing and and how we execute that, we're still expecting thousands of fans to come down in a very very safe way. We're open for seven days. The reason why we're open for seven days is to spread that out. That's no different from whether we were in Houston or New Orleans or Minneapolis. We always want to make sure that we're open for, for many days um, and so that we can have as many fans as possible come down in a, in a healthy way. So certainly there's still going to be live on-site activation, excitement. Um, the decor has started to go up. The billboards, these big graphic hits that our, that our team executes on. Um, but it, it'll be a little different. Masks are 100% required at all venues, all NFL venues. There's no no mask, no entry. So there's no exceptions to that. Um, we'll be leveraging technology as it relates to our OnePass app, which is our uh, companion app to our live event. So we're going to be leveraging that. That's going to be mandatory this year because of the health promise language that's included in the app. So if you went to uh, a Buccaneers game or you went to uh, Orchard Park at the Bill Stadium this past weekend, everything is included in the ticket uh, experience and that you have to sign off on the health promise, which just means you're not going to come to any of our venues um, with any symptoms. So Certainly technology is important. We do have virtual extensions of our events too. So really beefing up our companion app. We have a uh, virtual autograph signings. I know Neneo just touched on it. Um, we're working with Panini on that. We're using Teams as the platform to execute on meet and greets. So no on-site player appearances, which is unfortunate for us because that's one of the number one drivers for our programming. Um, but we're going to pivot like everybody else does. So that's sort of a little broad overview. Tone, take it away. Yeah, Nikki, I think you covered a lot of it, and I think you hit on uh, hit on it at the end with just being fluid and, and pivoting and things like that. All terms that we've become like permanently ingrained in our vocabulary Hard to over twenty twenty. So, I, yeah. I don't mean to be cliche, but that is no, it. no, absolutely, it's definitely part of it. And I think uh, you know, Nikki hit on it too. And from a host committee standpoint, uh, the partnership between us and the NFL and the city of Tampa and Hillsborough County and so many of other our regional and destination partners is just continuing to support in any way that we can everything that Nikki and her team are doing uh, from an event standpoint and doing everything that we can to make sure that it comes to light in a safe and healthy way 
Uh, I think we've seen across the board from our local officials that we, you know, we want to do everything that we can to make sure that this is uh, the best Super Bowl because we think it's the, one of the more important Super Bowls of our lifetime, considering what everybody went through uh, from a social standpoint uh, in 2021 or in 2020, excuse me. So, uh, you know, from a host committee standpoint, it's all about support, assistance and, and overall partnership and doing everything that we can to make sure that we get everything off as, as the NFL would like. Mm -hmm. I would also just say, I mean, we have great partners in the host committee, but then all the other partners that are in Tampa, it's the, you know, Tampa General Hospital, and it, it is um, Tampa Police Department and Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. They're all there to execute on our plans, um, the fire department, all of the public safety um, groups that we work with on a day to day basis. They've been wonderful in executing our plans. Um, and, you know, we're going to move forward and we actually start building out um, we started build out of the stadium on January 4th. I don't know if everybody knows that. We, we take over for nearly five weeks when we talk about load in, load out. Um, so certainly some interesting um, options there if the, the Bucks could potentially host an NFC championship game, which adds a little bit of intrigue to how we build out. But, um, you know, in a Super Bowl experience, we start um, building out in four days. So it takes two weeks to build that. It takes four weeks to build out the stadium. As, and when you talk about all the infrastructure, um, at the entries and the compounds and the halftime show and all those things, it takes weeks and weeks to put into place. So we're there, we're excited. All of our protocols are in place, they're working. Um, so we're excited to hit the ground. Yeah, and, and this is so insightful because, you know, as a fan, I got to attend the Super Bowl experience and Super Bowl Live in Miami last year. And, you know, just taking it in, you don't appreciate um, how much really goes on behind the scenes, but both of you are living it right now. You know, so from an operations and an events lens, uh, this year is, you know, not normal by any means. Um, would love to kind of understand with all that you're doing for both of those, like how are you planning around an event where the environment continues to change? We're hearing different news coming out, you know, how, how much more has, or how much more importance have you placed on contingency planning in general? So you may go, Tom. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. So I think for us, I mean, we're really looking at our medical experts as our guide. We are not creating protocol. They are. So it's Dr. Sills on our team as our chief medical officer. He works very closely with the CDC, of course. Um, and we've been working with the, the Biden administration on some things that we're working on for, for um, the stadium campus as well. So really working hand in hand with them, but they dictate to us what the policy is. They are the mm -hmm. ones that say, these are where we're gonna have health screening. This is where we're gonna do temp checks. This is where we're not gonna allow active players or legends to be on site. We're really taking everything, every lead we take from them. So that's really number one um, to state is that we're doing, we're not doing this in a vacuum. Um, we're really working with a lot of partners to execute on that. Yep. And the only thing I would just add, I think we can all talk about how important it is to have backup plans and contingency plans and things like that. But I don't think in our wildest of dreams that we could have ever imagined going through planning through everything that we've gone through over the case course of 2020. So if anything, I think the number one thing that it's taught us really is to uh, adapt on the fly and work together as a team, uh, not just between the host committee and the NFL, but Nikki hit on so many other partners around the community that are involved in this process. I mean, we are literally just the umbrella that kind of encompasses all of them together and brings them all together uh, to work together on it. But, um, you know, that's essentially what really this whole process has taught our organization is really just to how we can come together and make anything happen and adjust on the fly, uh, depending on what the needs are. So, yeah, I think you hit on it, Nikki. I would also just add, you know, from a personnel standpoint, we know all of these events come to life with people, the people that 
work on them. And mm-hmm. we have redundancies in place. If someone was to exhibit symptoms or uh, God forbid test positive, we have redundancies in place that, you know, one person per vehicle, things like that, because we don't want to wipe out entire groups that are working on the same exact discipline um, because we don't want to go into this thing hamstrung. So it's going to look very different. You know, you're used to long, long days, early mornings, late nights, sometimes, especially on the sponsorship side as they're hosting people, but Mm -hmm. that has to change. You know, we're, you know, we're going to put every policy in place. That's really limiting exposure. I mean, you know, no dining out. Um, Obviously I I mentioned the mask. There's, there's non-negotiable as it relates to mask compliance and the policy associated with that, but really about personnel and redundancy and making sure that, you know, if someone was to go down that we have other people that can pick up the, the slack where that happens. So we know it's people that produce these events. Um, this is not robots. So uh, we just have to all play the game, play it safe, follow the rules um, and be, you know, responsible to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the number of different partners that are working together to bring this whole experience to life in Tampa. Um, for the both of you, like how do your roles intersect and, and what kind of things do you work on together um, more than others? So for us, the host committee always is our an extension of our department of security, of events, of IT, any, any discipline that you can imagine, the host committee is an extension of that. So they have the local relationships. We leverage those, we maximize those. Um, and they're our biggest partner advocate when we need to push a permit through or get something done quickly, we, we call Tony. If we need a street closure, we call Tony. If we need a permit pulled, we call Tony. So all of those things that we need to get the city done uh, or to get the city ready and prepped for us, that is what the host committee's role is for. Um, and also it's to leverage their partnerships too. Um, to make sure that they're fundraising uh, against any activities or, or events that we can have them fundraise against. I mean, that looks a lot different this year. I mean, in terms of hospitality and all of those things that you mentioned before, it looked differently, but the host committee is 100% an extension of this office. And, and for us, it's the league office, it's NFL media in LA, it's NFL films in Mount Laurel. They're working with all of us all the time to, to make sure that we're prepped and ready when we hit the ground. Yeah, I'd say the the relationship is a win-win. As much as the the needs come up from our end in terms of permit pulling or road closures, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Super Bowl is the biggest event in the world. So it allows our community the platform to showcase itself, um, you know, basically all year leading up to Super Bowl, and then obviously over the past over the next three weeks or so, and up leading up to Super Bowl, it's an outstanding opportunity to showcase our destination, showcase Tampa Bay for everything that it has to offer. So. Uh, by and large, we're willing to do everything that we can to make it work. And, you know, that's why Nick call up anytime we need to get something done and we work together to make it happen. So, uh, yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. At, th- at this point, it sounds like you both have each other on speed dial, which is uh, which is amazing. Um, you know, I know we have a lot of callers or listeners, um, you know, from the Tampa area or from the Florida area that are very excited about the plans coming up for the Super Bowl. So, from both of your standpoints, I think they're more how- excited about Tom Brady. I think they're more excited about the acquisition <laughs> of Tom Brady and Gronk than. Uh, I think they're excited that. about the idea of having a a possible Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl, which would be awesome. Let me have a shot. Um, you know, what are you doing differently to get the community of Tampa engaged, knowing the limitations on on the event side and the fan side? So I think. The difference is when I talk about the event landscape has changed. A lot of those ancillary. Um, we call them non-sanctioned NFL events are really not happening this year. All of those other things that celebrate the city and we love um, can't 
can't happen this year. So, but we still, the Super Bowl experience is for fans who don't have a ticket to Raymond James and not many people, um, especially this year with a, with a limited capacity and a limited manifest, not everybody's going to have a ticket to Raymond James. So what the Super Bowl experience is, is for those fans that don't, it's their Super Bowl. They can get that photo op, um, you know, with the Vince Lombardi trophy, that's going to be awarded to the NFC or AFC champion on February 7th. I mean, unique things that only we can deliver on that's still happening. Um, we're excited about the, the combined event. It's 2.7 miles along the Tampa river walk. So it's really a takeover of the city. So that's not changing. Um, I think for us, the most important for fans who want to come down to know is the health and safety protocol, um, the know before you go messaging, the one pass um, mandate that we have. So that's all going live this week. Superbowl.com is sort of the source for all the information. We wanna make sure that we're the ones that are the source of all the information, especially this year of you know, where to park and what to do when you come in and what our, what our mandates are associated with the health and safety protocol. But we're still, we're still having a great party when it comes to, to Tampa and we're excited to be there. Yeah, and that's we something do. that our, our host committee marketing team does a, fin- a fantastic job of leveraging a lot of those relationships that we have in the community, using traditional media, using social media, using different outlets like that that have been ongoing really for months uh, to build those databases up so that when it comes time to sharing a lot of the event details that Nikki just referenced, the Super Bowl experience or any of the uh, know before you go information that they need to know to get into the different parks at Super Bowl experience. As she mentioned, it's the first time that it's free and open to the public and it's going to be hosted on, outdoors, uh, which is exciting for us because it allows us the opportunity to display and showcase our great weather in February. Uh, but being able to leverage those opportunities and get the word out is something that's definitely ramped up the past couple of weeks and it'll definitely be ramping up even more as we get a little bit closer, making sure that, you know, locally everybody's aware of the opportunities and how they can get involved and enjoy Super Bowl experience and they'll feel like they're part of Super Bowl uh, regardless if they have the opportunity to actually make it to the game. Mm-hmm. And and Tony, there's there's thousands of volunteers that always help bring the Super Bowl together. You know, how, how has that volunteer program shifted or changed this year and compared to others? Yep. Uh, there's been a couple of adjustments, but I'd say by and large, we have uh, almost 8,000 volunteers that are registered in our system, which we think is just an outstanding showing of, uh, you know, the support that we have throughout the community from all of our community ambassadors. Certainly, this is a database that has been built up over the years throughout all uh, major events that we've been able, had the opportunity to host over the years, uh, along with a lot of Super Bowl uh, volunteers that travel from city to city. So we have groups of volunteers that volunteer in Miami and Minnesota and Atlanta uh, that literally will go from city to city and want to be part of the different events. Uh, One of the biggest changes is what we're working through right now. We had trainings that launched uh, to all of our volunteers that were completely virtual. Uh, It's a new program that's about an hour to an hour and a half fully of trainings that people will be required to go through. Uh, It'll have no before you go information. It'll have what to expect once you're in Super Bowl experience, what you'll need to communicate to all the attendees that are there. Uh, some of the different protocols that Nikki spoke to in terms of mask ordinances, health uh, healthcare screenings that they'll have to go through, uh, things of that nature. And then um, a lot of the destination uh, details too that we want to make sure that they're in the loop on. So we have uh, a GET training that Visit Tampa Bay puts on that showcases a lot of the things that are uh, that people can do while they're downtown outside of Super Bowl experience. Uh, we have visits Visit St. Pete Clearwater, our uh, Convention Visitors Bureau in Pinellas County out to the west of us uh, that has a training as part of it just to showcase different things in their destination too. So it's definitely a regional effort, um, but 
you know, from a training standpoint, having all of those virtual was the first time that we've had the opportunity to, to do so. And I believe it was one of the first times in Super Bowl history that we've uh, we've been able to conduct those fully virtual and not in person. So it's been a, a great experience and a great exercise to go through. And I think so far being they launched this past Friday and something that's been very well received by all of our community ambassadors and something that they're excited to uh, to get going for. Mm hmm. And, and there's, you know, obviously so much going on in the next few weeks, but when you look back at all of this for, for both of you, how are you defining success for the, for the events or for the Super Bowl in general from your standpoint related to your role? So are, are there any metrics you're looking at or is there any, anything that you're specifically focused on to see that help you define success for yourselves? I mean, yeah, usually our metric is about capacity and attendance, and we want to drive as many fans as possible safely down to our events. Um, but for us, it's really about the health and safety protocol. We want to make sure that we're not leading to any outbreaks of COVID. We want to make sure that our policies are in place, that we're mitigating against any risk, whether it's staff, whether it's fans, um, talent, anyone. We want to make sure that we're limiting that. So to us, you know, it's social media. That's always sort of a barometer of how we're doing. We have a social media command center that's there to, to check in to see if there's anything that's going awry or anything that we need to get ahead of. When it comes to Super Bowl experience, we're open for seven days, which means the first day or two is meant to be a test run to see where do we need to change, adapt, improve processes and, and protocol. Um, so, so it's that a little bit, but we want to make sure that people have a, a good experience. We're not there to have conflict or be combative with people who don't want to wear a mask, anything like that. We want to make sure people have a good time. We haven't been in Tampa um, since 2009. Uh, the event has certainly adapted since then. Of course, on the, the stadium campus, it's, it, it's expanded and adapted and evolved. Um, so we're excited to bring it to Tampa, but it's really about making sure fans have an enjoyable experience, relish in the, how well the Bucks are doing, celebrate them. I mean, that's really the most important thing to us and, and making sure that safety is number one. I keep talking about that, but it's, it's number one for us to make sure that people um, have a healthy and safe experience when they come to one of our events. Yeah, from an event and operations standpoint, I think Nikki hit on it perfectly with uh, the fan experience and the fan safety. I just add from a fan or from a destination standpoint, um, you know, making sure, you know, NFL is obviously a great partner of ours, but they're also a client too. So at the end of the day, our goal is to, to make sure that they walk away uh, from Super Bowl LV, you know, asking themselves when the next time they can get down to Tampa Bay again. You know, that's our number one goal and making sure that they're taken care of there. So uh, that's good. That's definitely a big metric of success for us. Uh, but you know, safety and health of everybody that's uh, participating or uh, spectating for the event is obviously a very, very high priority. So. Mm -hmm. And and I'd love to just end the conversation around more personal questions about you know the Super Bowl in general for anyone who hasn't been. Um, what's it like? You know, if you were to describe the experience in previous years and just the feeling of being at the Super Bowl, you know, what is that experience like for you guys? I think for us, I mean, and, and for those that are from the NFL on this on this call, it's we're certainly a family, the the extended family that is the NFL vendors that we um, the perennial vendors that we use every year. Um, it's very familial and we're on the road and we're um, on the road together for weeks and weeks at a time. So that is it's a little different because you can't have dinner with anybody. You can't see anybody without a mask. You can't give hugs and things like that. So. Um, so for the germaphobes, it's a good year to come down. John Gottlieb, I know you're probably on here. So um, it's a good year for you, but up for otherwise, it's it's different. Um, but we're still taking over the city. We're still taking over media. 
Um, it's not going to be any different. We're still going to deliver an amazing game. Not that I have anything to do with it on uh, February 7th, but we're here to deliver a great product um, and a world-class product. So that's not going to change. It's just on the ground. It's just going to be a little bit more distant, but we're looking forward to, you know, ongoing to Los Angeles where everything hopefully will be back to normal and our, we can host our friends from Tampa instead of uh, texting them all the time for street closures. Yeah, and I think too, just for a lot of those that aren't involved uh, with the Super Bowl, it's important to point out a lot of the initiatives that go along with Super Bowl, not just the game, the events, uh, you know, the highlights. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the call, obviously, with the Super Bowl having the biggest platform, one of the biggest platforms in the world from an event standpoint, from a popularity standpoint. Uh, you know, we have a forever social uh, legacy initiatives that we focus on and it's basically a culmination of both the host committee community as well as the NFL top priority initiatives that come along with it so it's the ability for us to engage in uh, basically over two million dollars in legacy programming that's towards programs such as food insecurity early childhood education at-risk families fitness sustainability and social justice all of those initiatives that are covered uh, throughout the Tampa Bay region uh, the Super Bowl allows us the opportunity to really focus on all of those initiatives and so to it that where those uh, impacts are not just taking place leading up to Super Bowl, but well after uh, in the years to come, uh, we'll feel that impact of Super Bowl LB. Yeah, and I love hearing about that community impact. Uh, you know, not everyone is like when you're a fan, you, you don't appreciate it as much as, as when you, you know, hear it from, from the both of you. So it's, it's amazing to see you um, highlighting that through the work that you're doing. You know, there's a few different headlines, um, whether it be the NFL's like highlighting and honoring healthcare workers this year for the Super Bowl, um, working with Visa on a cashless event, working with Pepsi to bring in the weekend for the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, what, what are some of the things you're looking forward to about this specific Super Bowl? Maybe something you've worked on, maybe something you're building right now, but what's one highlight that you're, you're hoping for out of this? I think one thing that I know Tony touched on it was social justice. And for us, Super Bowl experience can be a little bit of a example of social justice initiatives. We're highlighting Inspire Change is, is one of the activations that we have within um, the Super Bowl experience. So it's really about amplifying black voices, amplifying our players and their character and their, you know, their causes and their organizations. So that's really important for us to um, Tony had mentioned uh, some of the platforms that we use. We have a Business Connect program that's there for Black-owned businesses, minority and LGBTQ and veteran-owned, all these community, all these businesses that we want to support. And when you talk about legacy, it's, it's, it's hosting these folks, having them have business. A lot of them are suffering so much, especially now, um, and making sure that there's a legacy and, and they're tied to us in a way that makes them successful. So that's really important. I think from a health and safety uh, or a healthcare worker perspective, um, you probably saw the headlines that we are working to bring in a TBD number of healthcare workers. So really um, honoring the, the front frontline workers that have um, worked in all markets too. It's not just in, in the Tampa region where we're highlighting um, vaccinated healthcare workers and healthcare workers in general in all of our markets. So we're gonna be bringing in some select um, groups from with, from all the, the 32 clubs as well. So that's really important to us too. We can do something really special when it comes to highlighting their work, um, the efficacy of the vaccine, all of those things that put us on this platform um, that we're excited to take on. 
Yeah, and I, I think I mentioned it earlier, but just in terms of this Super Bowl being so important with everything that 2020 has presented us with and the challenges that so many people have gone through, I think what I'm most looking forward to, and I think what we're all looking forward to is really just the celebration of having this major event uh, taking place with fans in attendance. Uh, Nick, you mentioned the healthcare worker program that the NFL is is looking to install too with the Super Bowl. I think it's a fantastic thing. And, and just seeing all of that come to fruition, there's a lot of people working behind the scenes on all sides locally, as well as with the NFL and their vendors and their partners. So, uh, you know, I think it's ultimately going to be a win for all sides. It's going to be a great thing for our community. Uh, might not be a, the full capacity of, of stadium that we were anticipating and hoping for, but at the end of the day, uh, the media value that the Super Bowl brings to any community. We're very fortunate to have it in our market, and we're looking forward to these uh, next few weeks of, of finalizing everything and putting it into uh, into final form. It's amazing to hear all, all the different things that are going on um, that you know we might not get exposed to. So I, I do appreciate you both taking the time to, to kind of take us through the internal side of, of planning for the NFL um, and all the different planning for the Super Bowl and, and all the different initiatives that are happening this year. So. Thank you very much. I know uh, we, we won't keep you for too long, but appreciate you, Nikki and Tony, for, for the conversation. As always, thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us at Sponsor Talk on Twitter and the sponsorship space on LinkedIn to join and engage with our community. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a great day.